If you take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. Proverbs, chapter 4, and God willing, we'll be expounding verses 16 through 18. Proverbs 4, verses 16 through 18. The title of the message tonight is The Purpose of the Wicked Path. The Purpose of the Wicked Path. Last week we learned that we're not to enter into the path of the wicked. In fact, Solomon said for us to not even go near it. He said for us to avoid it, to pass not by from it, to turn from it, and to pass away. And now tonight, God's Word is going to give us even more insight on the path of the wicked. That He's warning us not to travel. And speaking of the people who travel this path, Solomon says in verse 16, For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. I tell you what, this verse, or these verses tonight, are timely for our world today. These old, old verses do a lot to shine light on the things that we deal with and help us to understand. It says, For they sleep not, except they have done mischief. When something lies heavily on our minds, it has a tendency to rob us of our sleep, doesn't it? Whether it's something that we're really excited about or something that we're really troubled about. If it's on our minds, then we find it difficult to sleep. And Solomon says the people who walk the path of the wicked... They, they have something that lies heavy on their minds. Something that's occupying their thoughts to the extent that will even rob them of their sleep. He says they sleep not unless they have done what? Mischief. Now when we think about mischief, in our English language, at least our modern English language, a lot of times we think of it as kind of uh, playful fun. You know, like, oh, he's just being mischievous. But that's not the mischief that we're talking about here. That's not really what mischief means. Uh, in law enforcement, in the state of Texas, there is a crime called criminal mischief. And it's basically when somebody destroys something. They, they uh, ruin property, whether it's through graffiti or some kind of damage, maybe throwing rocks through the windows or something like that. And the penalty depends on how much damage they did. But it's criminal mischief. In the Hebrew word translated mischief here, it means to spoil. A friend of mine brought a, a nice new bag of broccoli to work the other day, and he put it in the refrigerator, and then he forgot about it. And I kept opening up the refrigerator, and I'd put my sandwiches there in the morning. My wife makes me what, three sandwiches. And I put them in the refrigerator when I get there. And I opened up that refrigerator, and whoo, I thought, man, something, 
smelling bad in here. I didn't like putting my food in there. Then Saturday and Sunday passed. Well, Monday morning come, and I opened up to put my sandwiches in there, and it was rough. Well, guess what old Richard did? He threw that broccoli away. You know why? It was spoiled. It wasn't any good anymore. It still had the form of broccoli. It still looked like broccoli. It still was broccoli. But it was ruined. And that's what this Hebrew word means. It means to spoil something, to break something into pieces, to make something become good for nothing. That's what that broccoli was. Oh, maybe you could throw it out for compost or something, but it sure wasn't good for human consumption anymore. To put things in plain modern words, here's what Solomon's saying. He says, he's saying these people can't sleep unless they're making a mess of something. That's what he's saying. Unless they're ruining something. Unless they're destroying something. Unless they're messing something up. They can't sleep. They have such grand ideas about how life is supposed to be. And when I say grand, I mean big. I don't mean good. But they have all these ideas of how life is supposed to be. The only problem is their ideas and God's plan, divine plan, are exactly the opposite. Their idea is if the broccoli is spoiled, it's going to be better for us. They're wrong. God's idea is if the broccoli is fresh, it's going to be better for you. But they resist that natural, obvious truth about the broccoli being fresh. And they are insistent on the fact that if only it would be spoiled, it would be so much better for everybody. So they have these grand ideas about how they think life ought to be. And they think that they are making things better when they're really messing things up. Someone walking down the path of the wicked at some time or another had the grand idea that having transvestites read stories to our children in the public library would be a really great idea. Somebody had that idea. You realize they probably couldn't sleep at night thinking about how they were going to go about implementing this. And they carefully planned it out so well and got the support that they needed. They did all the legwork, created all the political and social infrastructure they needed. They had it so planned out that once they did it in one spot, they didn't spread it to another and another and another and another and another. You know what that is? That's spoiling the broccoli, folks. It's making a mess out of things. It's taking the most precious uh, asset that we have in humanity, and that is our precious, innocent children whose minds are like sponges, and that by God's plan, they look up to adults and want to learn from them, and they want their approval. And we take the spoiled broccoli... And put it with these fresh little sprouts. And let them try to spoil them. 
They put their heart into it. They put their passion into it. And again, that idea began to spread to other people and cities and children. And they thought they were making the world better, but they're only making it worse, much worse. People in Washington, D.C., people in the news media, people in the entertainment industry right now are working day and night to totally transform our military, our educational system, our churches. Did you all see uh, the, the uh, advertisement that I shared on the church announcement group about the First United Methodist Church in Austin, Texas, hosting the Drag Queen, Fest, the drag queen Contest? They're charging $15 at the door to enter the fellowship hall to watch a sexually explicit debauchery, wickedness. Even if it was the same sex, the same gender, it's no different than what you would get down at a nightclub, a sexually explicit nightclub. But they're trying to, and they are, transforming our churches. They're transforming our communities by stripping away the long-standing, not just stripping away, they are, as the Hebrew says here, they're breaking it into pieces. Our long-standing biblical morality we once had, and they're replacing it with godlessness, with sexual perversions of all kinds, and with gross irresponsibility. They think they're building back better, but they're actually making our nation good for nothing. They're tearing it apart. I shared with Brother Shepherd and my wife yesterday, I commented on the news article I was reading about the First United Methodist Church embracing these people. And one woman got on there on social media and she told me, because of my stance about God creating a man and a woman and that we have roles assigned to us according to our genders, she told me I was, quote, a real sicko. Now you think about that. Now these people aren't kidding around. These people are serious. And they're passionate about it. That's what Solomon is describing here. They can't sleep unless... They're doing something to destroy the good that God's created. I can just imagine when God looked out in Genesis chapter 6, He looks out over the people He made. I mean, they hadn't been around that long. He just got through creating their, their daddy and their mom in the Garden of Eden. He looks out and the Bible says the whole earth had corrupted its way. It was good for nothing. They couldn't sleep unless they were tearing apart what God built up. He said, I want to get rid of them. Start over again with Noah and his family. One day he's going to get rid of them again. Then he's going to get rid of them again. And then everything's going to be right. That's about how it's going to work in the end times. Again, they think they're... Building back better. But listen, their godless agenda is heavy on their minds. 
Have y'all noticed that the average morally conscious person, they basically have a few things on their mind. They wake up in the morning, they think, okay, I need to get to work. Okay, I need to pay the bills. Okay, I need to go to the doctor or do this or that or whatever. And they've got basic things they plan to do throughout the day. But have you noticed that these people, no matter how many times you vote against them, no matter how many times you stand up and preach against them, they are absolutely unstoppable. They're relentless. They're going to keep going and going and pushing and pushing and pushing and, and, and trying their best because it's on their mind. It, it, they can't sleep, Solomon says. Because this is going through their heads. Solomon says, look back in your text, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. Do you, do you know what that drag queen story hour is all about with those little children? They can't sleep. Their rest is taken from them unless they cause some to fall. They want those little children to fall into the snare they're in. They want to groom them to become like they are. You remember the devil? The devil said in his heart, I will ascend. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the most high. And did it stop there? That serpent didn't quit until his tail drew a third of the angels out of heaven with him. He couldn't sleep, so to speak, unless he caused some to fall. That's why Jesus called them the devil and his angels. He didn't create those angels. He caused them to fall. They fell willingly. But they fell with his influence. And these people are the same way. That is why these people are so relentless on trying to pressure young people to mutilate their body parts. That's why they're relentless on trying to get them to be able to change their gender and use a different pronoun in school and not even let their parents know about it. That's why they're so relentless to let them try to uh, take them to get an abortion or something without their parents' consent because they're relentless about causing somebody to fall. They're not happy being wicked on their own. Do you know why? Because when they see someone living righteously, it is a little taste of God's light in their eyes and they hate it. And they don't want to stop until they put every reflection of holy light out of the community and make everything dark. And they're going to continue doing that. But they won't be able to put it all out. They're going to try their best, like Pharaoh did, to destroy us, as he did the little Jewish babies. They're going to try their best, like Herod did, to get Jesus. He was getting all the rest. And to get, to get the light of Christ out, they're going to be trying to get the believers. 
And this gives us an idea of what is on their mind. They are of their father, the devil. And as the devil did with those angels in heaven. Think of how wonderful heaven was. Until the devil made a mess out of things. Think how wonderful the Garden of Eden was. Until he caused our parents to fall. And then they made a mess out of things. And now their offspring are doing the same thing. Making a mess out of things. And they, they, they love to get somebody else. To fall like them. They're like pigs. Who won't rest. Until they've turn, turned our children's play pens into pig pens. That's why they target our school systems. That's why they target you and me in the media. And bombard us with their trashy ambitions every chance they get. I am so sick of seeing these bearded cross-dressing men and wannabe women cleverly placed in advertisements and in our government propaganda. Anyone noticing that besides me? I'm sick of it. Man, don't think that that is not done on purpose. It's done there to manipulate your mind. It's done there because they can't sleep unless they're causing somebody to fall. And people are falling for it. They're falling for it. The path of the wicked is a force that will not rest until they've made this world good for nothing. Solomon said, verse 17, For they eat the bread of wickedness. Now, I ate before I came tonight. I like to eat. And I tell you what, my wife is a good cook. And when I eat bread or when I eat food, I do it so I can gain strength to live by. That bread is my physical food that keeps my physical body going. But as bread is to my body, so wickedness is to their souls. That's what Solomon's saying. Their godless lifestyle, it, 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 that bread of wickedness, that's what keeps them going. I had meatloaf tonight and mashed potatoes and corns and English peas and carrots. And that's keeping me going right now. But you know what keeps them going? Wickedness. They live for it. They live by it. My wife made me some chocolate zucchini bread the other day. Man, was it good. I'm telling you. I, told my, I, I took a bite out of that chocolate zucchini bread and I said, this would make a skinhead in seven points trade in his meth pipe for it. I mean, that's how good it was. It tasted so good to me. But wickedness is what these people crave. It's good to them. It's sweet to them. Ungodliness is sweet to them. And they look forward to eating it. They look forward to drinking it. Solomon said, they eat the bread of wickedness. Look back in your text and drink the wine of violence. It's a delicacy to them. That's why they pay $15 a head to get into the church to watch that mess. It's a delicacy. It's sweet, intoxicating, and addictive to them. Now, violence doesn't speak so much of like going out and beating somebody up. Even though that definitely 
is part of the, what they do as well. Through unrighteous wars and, 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 and things like that. But violence speaks of their destructive ways. Their destructive ways is violence wreaked upon a society and upon individual souls. They destroy. Uh, Psalm 140, if you're taking notes, Psalm 140, verse 4. The psalmist says this, he prays this, Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Now see, we're reading about the path of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man. You see how those two go hand in hand. Now what does the violent man do? He says, Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. What did Satan try to do when he tried to take God's place? He had purposed to overthrow God's goings. Now he failed, but he still purposed in his heart. What did the devil do when he went into the Garden of Eden? He purposed to overthrow Adam and Eve's goings, and he did. And so we have the path of, the, of, of God's righteousness that we're called to walk. We have God's kingdom agenda that we've been called to live and to do as uh, His creatures. But these people are violent in the sense that they assault heaven's agenda. They launch an attack on God's kingdom business. That's what that's about there. In Nigeria. With them trying to get that land. They, they're, they launch an attack. That's why they say. Oh no we're not going to rent out to a church. We're not doing that. But they'll go out. And when you're looking at these things right now. Don't think it's Democrat versus Republican. Or Rhino versus real Republican. Or Ultra MAGA versus this. Man don't even think about it. It's not that. This is a demonic purpose a demonic agenda that through violence and remember we wrestle not against flesh and blood it's not always physical violence but it is an assault upon God's kingdom agenda that's what we're witnessing in our nation right now I thank God for the explanation the way of the wicked is not an alternative way of life it's not an alternative lifestyle it is a violent path that purposes to overthrow the righteous path we are on. I remember back in the 90s when homosexuals said, What two consenting adults do in the privacy of their bedrooms is none of your business. But their business didn't stay in their bedroom, did it? Now it's in our school systems, our libraries, our churches... And our highest places in government. And their purpose is to overthrow our path. This is what the path of the wicked is like. Solomon said, look in verse 18. But the path of the just. Oh, now we're going to contrast this here. There is a violent purpose in the path of the wicked. Just like with Sodom and Gomorrah. But we're going to contrast it here to the, to the path of the just now. Solomon says, but, in other words, contrary wise, let me tell you about the path of the just. 
in comparison or, or contrast to the path of the wicked. The path that God has laid out for us in His Word, Solomon says, look in your text, is as the shining light. Now remember, that's what they're trying to put out. They're trying to put out the shining light. They hate it. That's why they want us to fall. They want to, to destroy every reflection of Jesus Christ in this world. But the path of the just is as the shining light. Now here in the Hebrew and in the text, the shining light is talking about the morning sun. The path of the just is like the morning sun as it dawns upon the horizon. I get to watch it on my way to work. When I get up early in the morning, I get to get out when it's dark and watch that sun creep up. Let me tell you something about that sun. I haven't seen it go back down yet the way it came up. Not once. Once it pokes its head up over that horizon, there's nothing stopping it. That's the path of the just. It is as the shining light. The path of the wicked is the path of people who walk in darkness. The Bible says they're of the night. We're children of the day. They are people who have not the light of Christ. But we stand at the cross. And when we stand at the cross, you know what happens? We begin a brand new journey. Through our faith in Jesus Christ. The darkness has passed and the true light now shines. We leave that path of wickedness that we were born on in Adam. And we enter the dawn of a brand new day in Jesus. We no longer walk in darkness. We have the light of God's word now. And like the morning sun. The more we grow in our knowledge of God's word and his son Jesus. The, the more light we Walk in, the better we see. The thing about the sun is, again, it's unstoppable. Yeah, the wicked, the path of the wicked, they're relentless, but they're not unstoppable. They can't sleep unless they cause some to fall. They can't sleep unless they're making a mess out of what God created. But you know what? Their path in their purpose is going to come to an end. The path of the just, Solomon said, is like the morning sun. Look back at the text. That shineth more and more. It starts off with the, with the peak of daylight over the horizon. But it continues to get brighter and brighter and brighter as time goes by. And that path of God's redeemed continues to shine and increase its light. Until when? Look back in your text. Unto the perfect day. Unto the perfect day. That means that it continues to shine brighter and brighter and brighter until the sun reaches high noon. The perfect day, a full day, the full day. When the full day finally comes, when it peaks its head over the horizon, it's a little bit brighter. Comes up a little bit more, a little bit brighter. When it's high noon, it's right overhead. It's as bright as it's going to get. You see what Solomon's saying here? The path of the wicked will never reach their intended destination. The devil couldn't take God's place in heaven. 
The devil can't take God's place on earth. He's still going to try. That's what the, that's what the, the man of sin is about. He's going to try. But he's not going to make it. The path of the wicked will never reach its destination. It's going to continue to lead them into greater and greater darkness. Listen to how Jesus described the condemnation of the man who walks the path of wickedness. In Matthew 25, 30, he said, The king will say to him in that day, Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Outer darkness, far away from the light of God. That's the destination of the path of the wicked. They're going to enter into full darkness as we enter into full day. What does that mean, Brother Richard? Full darkness. The absence of all light. The absence of all life. The absence of all that is good. I want you to understand that Solomon is describing the absolute certainty of the path of God's redeemed here. Our path ends with high noon. A full, complete day. You can't stop that sun from coming up. They're trying to keep it from coming up. They're relentless on it. But you can't stop it. You can curse the sun. But you can't keep it down. God's kingdom will come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His promises will be fulfilled. The likeness of His Son will be complete and perfected in us. And His life, love, holiness, and knowledge of His will is going to find its wholeness in every believer in Jesus Christ. As nothing can stop the sun from rising on the earth. So these ungodly menaces... Cannot stop the sun and all his redeemed from rising on the earth as well. And that's a good place for us to stop tonight. Praise God. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun. Shines brighter and brighter and brighter. Unto a perfect day. Don't judge the path of the righteous by the darkness of the earth. The path of God's light cannot be judged by the darkness of the devil's earthly kingdom. The darkness only signals the day ahead. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, for explaining to us what's going on inside the hearts of these people. They're of their father, the devil. The works that he did are the works that they do. In the works that he does through them. And Father Lord we fret not. We lament. We sorrow as we watch it. We hate it. And we pray for the people. That your gospel call will call more and more out into your lightness. And to your son. But Father we fret not. For the night. Because we know our day. Every day that passes by is bringing that sun up higher and higher until he finally comes again. And we're so grateful, Father, for your unstoppable gospel agenda. In Jesus' precious